Hello, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. And Tyler and I are not alone today, are we, Tyler? We're not. We're squeezing more people into my office again, which <laughs> I love. Uh, we've got Father Peter Tottleben. Yep. Uh, a Dominican here with us this week. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Father Peter is in residence at the rectory for a couple of months here at St. Jude Parish, so I asked him if he'd come down to be interviewed with us. And one of the exciting things about Father Peter is that he lives in Rome. And Rome is a different world. It's a different place from Lakewood. It is yeah. not the same. I spent some months there in the early 1990s. And um, while I was in Rome, one of my colleagues who was getting ready to be a missionary in Moscow as well, this colleague had a car accident in Rome. And we were commenting about how this happened. And people just drive so incredibly <laughs> fast. And I told him, I'm surprised they're not all wrecked. I can't understand why there are any cars that are still intact in this city of Rome. And so tell us about what life is like in Rome. My perception is way too fast. Yeah, no, that was that was actually my first experience of Rome, obviously, is being driven from the airport. You know, uh, one of my Dominican brothers came to pick me up from the airport. He was an Italian. And I just noticed on the highway from the airport to where we live in Rome, uh, you know, the, the traffic directions were more kind of just sort of gentle suggestions. <laughs> um, you know, like there were lane markers, but that's like sort of a suggestion for you might consider yeah. driving, but you can move around. My friends used to say that the stoplights were yeah. the same characteristics. These are invitations, not obligations. <laughs> a red light was an invitation, not yeah. an obligation. It's actually <laughs> funny moving back here. So now I live, uh, our Dominican community in Rome is right in the center kind of of the touristy area. It's right oh. in the city center. And uh, so I've had to relearn proper American pedestrian rules uh, for moving back to suburban Denver, so the suburban United States. And I've had to like relearn and reteach myself how to be a like a an, uh, the proper etiquette of being a pedestrian. Sure. Because in Rome, if you obey like the proper etiquette of being a pedestrian, you'll never cross the street. <laughs> oh, yeah, so you just get out. Of, you just get used to. Uh, Doing it in a different way. I remember they taught me two rules in Rome. If you're the pedestrian, the rule is do not make eye contact. Mm -hmm. You never look at the driver in the eye because that means that the pedestrian has to stop and the car is yeah. going to keep going. Yeah. But if you pretend like you don't notice them, then the, the driver of the car will stop. The That's second true. rule was if you're the driver of a car, you never stop. You can slow <laughs> way down, but you keep inching forward because it's hard to get going again once you've stopped. You keep inching forward little by little. That's how you make things go. Tyler, you were in Rome. You were there for the the beatification of um, for the canonization of uh, Saint Damien of Molokai. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. So that was that your the, only time in Rome? No, I've been there four times. That was the first time I got to go. Oh, what was that, your impression the first time? It was a weekend. I literally I left Denver um, Thursday, got to Rome Friday, left Rome Monday. Um, it was a whirlwind. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was a seminarian there who kind of took me around and let me see all the the major sites and. It was a great experience. I loved it. And um, yeah, I've, I've got to go three other times since then. And I've just kind of come, come to like after the first couple times I was there, I got to know like at least the, the main parts of the city well. And it felt nice. Like I could just get around. I know what I'm yeah. doing here. I knew. Yeah, exactly. I knew they just walk across the street and they're not going to hit me and they're going <laughs> to stop right. for me. And um, it, it's I've, I've it's funny. The second time I went there, I randomly went to a restaurant with a group of people and. It was really good food, and 
And the third time I went, I happened to find it again, luckily, and I've made a note on my Google Maps now. So I've been there three times since, and I've, I've gone every time to this one restaurant. I'm, I'm glad that you can go back to that restaurant. I've actually gotten, uh, I'm sure, something in my passport stamp that I cannot go to restaurants in Rome anymore, and it's because I went to a restaurant with three other people and had my ordered my beef, but the beef was super rare. I mean, like blood was sure? coming out of it. And I sent it back to the kitchen to be put back on the grill. And oh, did I offend the chef by sending that there. So <laughs> I cannot not only go back to that restaurant, I probably can't order any food in Rome for the rest it, of the time. Italy life. has very particular food rules. I remember like um, I ordered a dish at a restaurant in Rome one time. And like I, like, I didn't eat the, the part that I was supposed to eat. Mm-hmm. And the waiter literally would not take my dish back until I finished it. And like, <laughs> sit there and finish my food. It's just very particular. This is how you're supposed to eat these things. That's funny, funny. That's funny. Uh, well, you know, um, I wish I could go to Rome again. Um, and, you know, another thing, you'd be fun for a lot of people, not for me, is going into space. Yeah. And, uh, our sponsor this week is VB, our Vacation Bible School, VBS, yeah. which Good. theme is space themed this year. Mm-hmm. Space um, Odyssey, I think they're calling yeah. it. Yeah. And so we're getting ramped up to start advertising that and to register for that in fact yeah. last weekend we had a registration yeah. uh, already come out so if you haven't signed up your 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 children for vbs kindergarten through sixth grade um we'd love for you to sign up and get a hold of the parish office to sign up yeah so vacation bible school's theme this year is space odyssey and it's a program that some of the other parishes are, are using at, at the same time and so what i've learned is that the decorations get handed around from parish <laughs> yeah. to parish and the one at Christ the King in Evergreen is first up. So I actually have seen theirs already. And it's a, an amazing set with this images of outer space. And just creation is so amazing. But there's also a space capsule that the, uh, that the participants can climb into. So this should be a great experience. And yeah, send, uh, send your kids to Vacation Bible School. So, so this year it's, it's July 10th through the 14th. And it's from 9 a.m. to noon on those four, five days. Um, but you can sign up now. Um, yeah, registration advances. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll say required, even though I don't know. But <laughs> definitely register in, requ- in advance. So if you have questions, feel free to call the parish office, and we'll get you all set up for that. Good. We want to interview Father Peter today and find out what makes what makes him tick. How did this happen? How did you become a priest? Well, I kept saying no until God wouldn't let me say no any longer. That was kind of the... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, so, okay, so I grew up in western Pennsylvania. I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh you know, kind of had a basic basic Catholic family, you know, went to 12 years of Catholic school. Um, I, You know, I would say, like, just kind of growing up, kind, kind of pretty average, nothing special. But I was sort of, like, appreciated my faith. You know, maybe I wasn't, like, a super holy roller, but kind of appreciated it. Little by little, though, I started getting uh, more thoughtful about my faith. I remember mm. maybe one particular moment, I guess this foreshadows a Dominican vocation. We actually had some pretty good priests in high school. I went to a Catholic high school. I oh, went just a diocesan high school. Diocesan, staffed by the Dominicans. Yeah, no, no, just a diocesan Catholic high school. But it was one of these ones where, like, it was like this all-boys high school that hadn't changed since 1965, mm-hmm. basically. Like, I think in 1965, blazers were mandatory. And yeah. in, like, 1995 or 96, when I was there, blazers were optional. <laughs> you know, so that's about how much it changed. Um, but we had we had some pretty good priests. There were, there were seven priests priests full-time wow. assigned there wow. which was like like that's unheard of right mm. you know uh but we had some good teachers um 
I remember, you know, we had some good preachers, some people uh, who were inspiring. I remember one particular moment, though, in like a theology class. I was taking a theology class on the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And we had this priest. He, was, like, he wasn't a particularly like inspiring or dynamic priest, but he just kind of taught everything by the numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, he, he kind of explained what grace was. And wow. I remember just thinking in my head, like, wow, that means like I have to live my life differently. Like it wow. wasn't like this dramatic thing right but yeah. like it was kind of like that i remember when i was i i got to take a philosophy class at a local college as part mm-hmm. of my high school mm-hmm. and um we did like thomas aquinas's proofs for the existence of god yeah. and all of a sudden like That's i had powerful. a flash yeah like just just of like like i saw the force of the argument mm. and Bishop like baron describes the same thing that yeah. we heard the five proofs for the existence of god in high school it was a conversion moment so him. like i wasn't thinking about priesthood but i suppose like in retrospect that pretty much that's a dominican vocation right there st thomas aquinas is going to convert you you gotta, you know, I gotta say that's a dominican influence and, and uh you know so so you're thinking about grace you're sitting in a theology yeah. class you're proofs for the existence of god and all this right you mentioned grace and a priest friend of mine was having a conversation with a protestant Protestant, who was uh, uh, ascribed to the theory of sola gratia, yeah. everything is is grace. And he asked her, "What is grace? What's the definition?" And she wasn't able to offer one. Yeah. And he said, "Grace is God." And that just really resonated with me yeah. to give a a simple explanation of what this gift is. The grace, yeah. the word grace means gift. What is the gift that we're receiving? It is God Himself. Right. So the sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit, these gifts. That is God himself that we're receiving. Isn't yeah. that beautiful? It's beautiful. Yeah. So so how did that make you a priest? Well, so so I was kind of going along. I went to a secular school. I went to Penn State. So, okay. you know, number one party school in the nation sometimes, <laughs> some years. You know, we're always up there. Uh, but, you know, I had a great experience, so I loved it. But, you know, you actually got to see, because, like, I, I kind of grew up in, like, the old ethnic Catholic system. We're kind of like the dying embers of that, you know. Mm. And, like, you finally got to see, like, for the first time, like, people who live very hedonistically, mm. like without God. Like I wasn't like yeah. a holy roller, but then I saw that and I was kind of like, huh. Yeah. You know, there's and, nothing to it, right? When people yeah. have this, uh, these hedonistic lives, which means just all pleasure. Anytime I can get more sugar and more Twinkies, then I'm happy. Um, it, it just has no fulfillment. It's, it's empty in the end. And, and, and so then I started being more intentional about my faith. I started learning more about my faith. Um, I noticed, you know, like when I was trying to read, cause like I, I have more intellectual kind of focus. So I know I always noticed that, uh, books with OP authors with OP Dominican authors always <laughs> yeah. were the most helpful for but me. People I know, not know what OP is. Yeah. Oh, OP? yeah. So, so OP is the abbreviation for the Dominican order. If you see it after some, a priest's name, it means the order of preachers, which is the formal name of the Dominican order, which is my community. Okay. And so, so Dominicans will always put OP at the end of their, yeah. their names, but that's only for priests, right? If it's a religious sister who is a Dominican. Oh, they'll put, they'll put OP. They'll put OP as yep. well. Okay. Yeah. So how did you end up as a Dominican? Well, what does it mean to be a Dominican? Well, well, so ba- well, basically what ended up happening was um, I, I was like, I was like, oh, thought this was all great. But then I said, um, yeah, this is all great, but priesthood's for other people. Like I was, <laughs> I was majoring in math and computer science. I was happy with that. And I was like, oh yeah, I like this. And my heart was getting more and more into my faith, you know? But I was like, but priest, that's for other people. Like God doesn't call people like me to be a priest. No way. You know? And, uh. So finally, um, our campus ministry was run by some Benedictine monks, mm. um, and uh, I was invited to go to a vocation weekend at their monastery. So I went to their monastery, and we got there for Vespers at Friday night, and um, 
you know, I was sitting in the choir there and I was kind of like looking up at the stained glass window. And I don't know whether it was God saying it to me or me saying it to myself, but so my baptismal name is Joseph. But but either I said to myself or God said to me, uh, Joseph, you're so stupid for not doing this with your life. I was a senior. I already had a job and everything, so I wasn't ready to go. Um, but yeah, it's Vespers is the prayers that the monks Exactly. Pray. So every priest, every, uh, yeah. the Dominicans pray these, uh, the, even the Jesuits pray these, I think, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but definitely the Austin's have to pray this. It's just the prayers of the church. And so there's morning prayers. It's called laws. There's evening prayers called Vespers. Yes. And often it's solemn. It's beautiful. It's sung. And that's, so, I think that's what so yeah, I went to a monastery. We went to their monastery, the church, and I joined the monks for their community evening mm-hmm. prayers. And then I hear this. I'm like, oh gosh, I should be doing but that was the Benedictines. How did you end up as a Dominican? Well, I still thought I loved their community. They were great. I was still attracted by the Dominican charism, but I was still saying no, 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 no. And so finally, I was telling one of my friends how great it was, like how excited I was by the Dominicans. And um, my friend said to me, uh, my friend basically said, forced me to sit down and write a letter to the vocation or an email to the vocation director for the Dominicans. Mm, nice. And like, he basically made me do it. Um, and then, and then, so some impediment to orders. We have one yeah, so, scratch so, that from. The so list. he emailed me. He emailed me back. So, so the the vocation director emailed me back. You know, like, hey, this is great. You know, why don't you call me and we'll set something up. You know, mm. and uh, so I I thought like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to call him, but like at nine o'clock at night. So I'm going to get his answering machine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, you know, I was late at work, but, you know, I just wanted to touch base with you and just leave a message, you know, yeah. string this out for as long as I could. Yeah. So I call at nine at night and he's in his office and, and like he answers. he answers the phone. And I'm yeah, like, there's an oh, what one. do I do now? It's a sign. It's a <laughs> so sign. one thing led to another. I entered uh, the Dominican order in 2006. I became a priest in 20, 2016. What was it like, your ordination date? Where was it at? Uh, oh, well, my ordination date was, I was actually, like, in a special spot. I was actually at the parish I was working at in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. So I was ordained actually on St. Joseph's Day oh. in Columbus, Ohio. It was actually the day before Palm Sunday. So my first solemn mass, like, was Palm Sunday. Was Palm Sunday. So, so I had beautiful. to do, like, the, it was, I had to do, like, the hardest mass. With all, <laughs> I had to do all the things for Palm Sunday on my first time. It's a long mass to begin mass, with. Yeah, know? so that's a special one to be able but to, it was, it to was, hold uh, on to. It was, it was actually really special about it because I, I developed a lot of close relationships with the parishioners there. Mm. And so, like, I got to be, like, ordained in, like, my parish. The people of St. Jude's will want to know, what are you doing here? How come you're at St. Jude's for the summer? Well, um, so it, it, normally when I'm in Rome, I'm writing a doctorate. So I'm, I'm kind of on the teaching track. So I was doing some teaching. I want to teach at a higher level. But to do that, you need to get a doctorate. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. But the problem with being a student priest is that you don't get to do a lot of priestly work. So I had a wonderful opportunity to come to Denver to work with Focus, uh, the, mm. the college apostolate, yeah. you know, the national I think people know what it is. Yeah. Curtis Martin and and um, and his wife were here for the summer, for the Linton penance, for the Linton mission. Why is her name not coming to me? Anyhow, Marianne. Marianne, thank you. Yeah. Well, at any rate, um, so they, they need priests to help out during the summer. They have a program that they call Summer Projects, where students, college students, get summer jobs and then they live in community and they receive formation in the faith. Mm-hmm. And then they need priest chaplains for that. And so it's a wonderful opportunity for me to kind of come and be able to do some pastoral work. So there's a community of about, I think, 30 to 35 students um, who are, are living in Denver. 
Uh, they live in. But they're from all over the they're country. They're from all over the country. They came to Denver just for the summer. And they're they're in Denver, and so they have the opportunity here to either get a job in the Denver area, or if they can find an internship in the Denver area, so they can kind of then live in community. And then um, we have like adoration and confession and mass every day. Wow. They have opportunity for spiritual direction. Um, they have some like community outings. No wonder um, they need their own priest to be able to have yeah. all of these activities yeah. focused on. So, so thank you, Father, for your generosity yeah. in offering that. Um, it's actually people. my pleasure because like it's it's fun to actually be able to do priest things. It's fun to be able to do the things that were on the brochure when you got them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Very good. Well, we thank you so much for coming to be with yeah, us for this great. podcast today. And thank you for enlightening our parishioners as to what the Dominicans is. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, I've got two priests here to say Father to you. So one of you be willing to give us a blessing here. Father, would you give a sure. blessing to everybody who's listening? Sure. The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your spirit. spirit. And may the Lord let the light of his face shine upon you. May you know his loving kindness for you. May he grant you peace and bring you one day to life everlasting. And may, may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen.